Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of your favorite team in the Bay Area. On today's episode, we have Byron Bader with of a hockey prospecting to talk about his model, why Brad Lambert has red flags galore, and who he would pick between the three defensemen for the Sharks at number 11, plus William Eklund's development. All that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, J.D. Young. First of all, I want to thank you guys for making us your first San Jose Sharks uh, listen of the day. I, of course, am a contributor to Fear the Fin and San Jose Hockey Now. And today we have Byron Bader to come on, talk about his prospecting model. Um, he kind of goes into how his model works, uh, equivalency between leagues, kind of all that fun stuff. Talks about uh, who he likes in this year's NH- or who his model likes in this year's NHL draft. And then we get into some more shark space stuff where we look at, you know, uh, which of the the 2020 and 2021 draft uh, guys he likes. And then, of course, uh, William Eklund. And if he's just slightly concerned. So um, enjoy Byron Bader starting now. And we are now joined by Byron Bader, who has one of the coolest uh, models out there when it comes to hockey prospects. Um Definitely a rabbit hole experience where you start clicking on guys, then you start clicking on more guys, and then all of a sudden you wasted an hour on his website because you're like learning about all these different guys. Byron, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, we are officially one month from the first round of the NHL draft as we record oh, yeah, that's right. this. It is a month away. Um so I want to get you on. Um, I, I've subscribed to your website. I know a lot of a lot of my friends subscribe on it. It's like I said, it, it's so fun to just kind of look at, at at your model and kind of who these guys could potentially be. But let's start with your model. So how does it work for people who don't know? Like what what is the uh, the goal of your website? Yeah. So I mean, the model. So it's at hockeyprospecting.com is essentially it's it's a model to project prospects um you know which ones are gonna you know a make the nhl and then b which ones are going to sort of turn into those offensive stars or superstars once they make it so you know essentially a you know really elite level point producer in the nhl in terms of forwards and defensemen and so basically the way the model works is is it goes back 30 years so it goes back to 1990 and it's a predictive model essentially based on back data of going back 30 years. And basically it's using something called an NHL equivalency, which is essentially, you know, there's all these different leagues that these prospects can come from. You know, there's about 50 leagues that they can come from, you know, probably 80% of the time they, they come from about 10 leagues. But anyways, like a, a point in the OHL and how it converts to, you know, the NHL in their first season in the NHL is different from you know, the WHL and the Q and the NCAA and then the leagues in Europe, they're all different. So there's like this equivalency built in there in, in terms of how much a point is worth in each league. So that's kind of the jumping off point. And then, you know, within that, going back 30 years, 
and taking that data and then factoring in um, the era. So, you know, looking back at the 90s versus the 2000s versus now, um, and then factoring in their age and sort of growth patterns within it. There's these patterns that sort of emerge of what you know, an NHLer kind of looks like and what a, you know, what those typical superstars look like, like what Sidney Crosby looks like. He has this kind of generational profile um, versus, you know, the the superstars like the Leon Dreisaitl's and the Malkins and Kucherov's. They all kind of look not similar, but, you know, they have a similar looking profile. And then there's the guys that, you know, have these long NHL careers and kind of have these middle six roles and they look a certain way. But often a lot of these guys, you know, they have like a, near certainty or really high probability that they're going to make the NHL, but then their star probability is really low because there's different factors into the model. So that's essentially what it's doing is it's predictive models trying to project these, you know, 200, 300, 400 prospects that are coming up every year and being drafted and trying to project them from the draft where they're going to end up in the NHL. And then I follow them for a five-year period. So essentially from their pre-draft year to three years after they're drafted and then you kind of watch the probabilities grow and and that's basically what the website has and and all the you know addictive stuff about it i guess <laughs> yes um how hard is it to compare the eras you know you look at like the devils where they literally destroyed hockey and you know if you got to score one goal you were happy compared to you know like where our, the offense i guess you know was still pretty high back in the early 90s and you know the offense is definitely taking um bigger steps now like how hard is it for the model to kind of compare those guys i mean it's it's difficult i mean it be, the mm. biggest thing is the sample sizes are so small because you can't you can't divide it up kind of by like every year you kind of have to use decades because if you slice it up too small then you get too small of a sample size and then it's not really telling you enough you know you need that that big sort of sample set to it so once you kind of split it up by decades oh you know you can kind of see those still those those similar patterns emerge and you know a superstar or what looked like a superstar in the model in the 1990s is what looks like a superstar now today um they look very similar so yeah there's there's some work to it but um it seems to work and, and i'm pretty happy with it how how about COVID? i know because you just talked about like small sample sizes how has these COVID years, you know, especially like where the OHL didn't even have a season, you know, last year, like the WHL had 24 games. And I know like the QMJL, their HL, they were just like, screw it, we're just going to play anyway. But like, how is these sample sizes kind of messing with the model? Yeah, so COVID, it is going to impact it. Like certainly probably, I mean, at least kind of like the five-year periods of all these guys coming through at these various different levels and sort of the five years that I track them. But probably, I mean, you're probably looking at like a decade kind of of impacts of just, you know, cause it's, it's impacting the guys that aren't even really in the model yet because they're, you know, their, their seasons are cut short above them and it all kind of trickles down. So it is having impacts, but I mean, the thing about the small sample sizes is yes, that's happening. You have these small sample sizes where they're only playing 20 games where normally like in the dub, they play like 60, 70 games, right? And then the OHL getting completely wiped out. But I mean, most of what's happened is there's small sample sizes, but it's impacting everybody, you know, mm -hmm. whereas small sample sizes are never good, but normally they're they're only very random and they only impact, you know, this player over here and this player over here, but it's basically impacting everybody. It's kind of this like blanketed thing. So it is impacting it. And I'll be interesting to look back and like, five years and see what happens you know 
like the maybe the stars that emerge was there some guys out of the ohl that didn't even get to play that kind of look wonky in the model so there would be some of that stuff that comes out but you know it's 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 not too bad it's it's workable but it'll it'll for sure have a little blip always associated with it you know have the little asterisks like, yeah it's not and i fault, actually so. have an asterisk in the model <laughs> yeah. saying this is their yeah. covid19 year you know yeah. basically the the you know 2021 year really because 2020 they basically were finished they were almost once, done yeah once yeah. it got going it was march and then 2022 you know everybody was basically able to play so but 2021 has that asterisk in the model forever whenever you look back at that year so so if anybody comes out and be like it's not my fault the model it exactly <laughs> yeah I, I always have an out yes that's good that's yeah. good. built in out um yeah. How do goalies work in your in your model? Because I mean, goalies we know are really hard to kind of build analytics or around them just because of so much that goes into goaltending, right? You know, if not every shot's the same, you know, all the stuff that happens before a shot. So how does how do you try to kind of counteract all the the craziness that goes into goalies? Yeah, goalies are like a whole different animal, but it's kind of a similar idea to the uh the equivalency by each league. So, you know, essentially using save percentage and kind of coming up with, you know, my own equivalency for goalies using save percentage and the league, you kind of get the same thing. And, and basically what comes out of it is, um, you know, the goalies that have a higher probability or higher likelihood of making it, they tend to move through leagues and be mm -hmm. facing tougher and tougher competition. And so, you know, really what comes out is goalies from Europe have a much higher success rate of making the NHL. And a lot of that is because they don't have to abide by these, you know, CHL agreements where they're kind of stuck down there playing against teenagers, 16, 17 year olds, mostly, right. Mm -hmm. um, they can bounce wherever they can be in the junior league, get called up to the senior league and be facing that like, you know, pro men competition as early as essentially their pre-draft year or their draft year. That That's pretty rare, but they can kind of go wherever. Whereas, you know, a Canadian goalie, they're basically stuck in the CHL unless they're, you know, a Marc-Andre Fleury type thing where they make the NHL right away, which is exceptionally rare for rare, a goalie. Yeah. So they yeah. kind of get, you know, a little screwed over from, from that agreement specifically because they're not able to start facing tougher competition until they get to the AHL at age 20, 21 type thing. So it's a little bit of a different, different working to it, but it seems to, to project pretty good. And, um, you know, again, you get into smaller sample sizes again with goalies because, you know, there's only two per team type thing. And, and so, yeah, that does play a factor, but it, it does seem, seem to work pretty well. The model there as well, it's a bit different. It's kind of a, you know, it's kind of a growing model where they don't look normally they don't look like sure things out of the gates out of their draft year, but they kind of grow into it. Whereas from the skater side, they could look like a sure thing, you know, superstar coming into the draft. So it's, it's a bit different, but it seems to work well. Yeah. I'm, I'm pulling up Jesper Wallstedt right now. Cause I loved him last year. And basically for me, it was like Maddie Beniers, William Eklund. And then if those two guys were going for the sharks, like just draft Jesper Wallstedt, cause he's going to be yeah. amazing for the next like 15 years. And yeah, like looking at his, I still can't believe that the wild got him. Where did they get him? Like 20 or something like that. Yeah. Like, this. Uh, like just crazy. Like that's, you know, he's playing in a pro Euro league in his draft year, which has only happened like less than 10 times in the last 40 years. And he was and good. Look, like, yeah, yeah, like he was good. And that's when you look at the success rates of those guys, like, 
they're the ones that make it those ones that are already facing men competition when they're 17 or 18 or 19 like those are the ones that do it you know when you you look at Sorokin coming and Shesterkin and then you have Kochikov in Carolina like they've all been facing men competition since they're really early really early on and yeah Jesper Wallstedt's been there since essentially his draft year so He'll yeah, probably be really good in a couple of years. He's probably, I know, well, yeah, he already signed his ELC, so it's just a matter of time now before he's over. All right, guys, before we get into the 2022 draft class and who uh, Byron's model likes, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about our friends over at rockauto.com. You guys know about rockauto.com by now. It's got you covered for all the increasing makes and models of cars where you don't have to go into your local chain store. Try to find a part you need. You go up to the guy at the counter or gal at the counter. You tell them what type of car you have, and they ask you a thousand questions. And they only have one version of the part behind the counter. Don't worry about that anymore with rockauto.com. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend up to 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rockauto.com is a family business serving do it yourselfers for over 20 years. And you guys know. We are pro doing it yourself here at Locked on Sharks. They've got you covered for everything you need between brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solution to all your rock auto part needs. And make sure you guys write in Locked On in their How'd You Hear Bus box. That way they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. We have an important favor to ask you. We're putting together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like about Locked On podcasts. So go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win a one of $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. So take our audience survey. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. Wanted to get into the, the 2022 draft class. So what's kind of the one guy who's, who's kind of leading the way for you on, on with your model? Well, the one guy who kind of bubbles to the top is Danila Yurov. Mm-hmm. So he has the highest probability. I mean, I would, I probably still wouldn't take him first overall. You know, I did the way I make the model or make my rankings is not purely based on their probabilities, but also kind of how much runway they have left to improve and also kind of their reputation and what's going to happen next. You know, is he thought of as a, as a first overall guy? Probably not. I'd probably still go Shane right there, but yeah, he looks really good. I mean, um, when you kind of look at him, he, he looks a bit funny because in the KHL, he doesn't have any production at all. So you think, Oh, this guy's a red flag, but basically in the model, I always choose, kind of where they showed best if mm-hmm. they play in multiple leagues like they tend to in Europe. And so in the MHL, he actually looks really good. And he looks similar to a guy like Nikita Kucherov. Nikita Kucherov did this in his draft year as well. He was younger. He was born mm-hmm. in the summer. And then I think Yurov is born in like December or November or something. But he did the same thing where he basically played, you know, 20 games in the KHL, had like two points. And then the MHL, he was like out of his mind, like setting records and stuff. And that's kind of where Yurov is. He has a bit of a smaller sample set there, but that's sort of, you know, that's what he looks like. And there's not a lot of players that look like this. It's not like these are a dime a dozen that have this kind of high probability. So yeah, he looks, he looks really good. And he, I'm really intrigued where, where he might go in this, this year, especially with all the stuff going on with, with Russia and the sanctions and all that. Like, you know, he could drop out of the first round, who knows, he might drop into the twenties, but you know, 
in a normal year, he's probably like a top 10 pick for sure. Yeah, this year it's like we know it's probably going to be Shane Wright number one unless something crazy happens. And then, you know, it, it's uh, Cooley and, and you're off uh, Slavkovsky. But then after that, it's basically who, who you, whoever, right? It's, it feels like yeah. you see guys kind of all over the place when it comes to like the mock drafts and stuff like that. Um, out of those top three guys, like who do you like the most between like Wright and Cooley? I mean, I like I like Cooley and Wright a lot um, mm-hmm. for different reasons. Like Wright, he's kind of an oddball. He's one of these these COVID effects. You know, when he was kind of first coming into the OHL and he got like his exemption status a couple of years ago, like his production for a 16 year old was off the charts. It was, you know, what you see from these generational talents, right? Like they have these this this equivalency that you'd basically see from you know, a guy taken in the mid first round, he yeah. had it when he was 16. Um, and then he misses his whole pre-draft year in the OHL. And he's, you know, he's, he's not injured. He's not, yeah. You know, he doesn't have some debilitating injuries literally sitting there for like over a year, 18 months, just waiting to play, can't play. And then, you know, he starts going in the OHL. This was kind of the chatter about him is he kind of looks a little bit disappointing because I think the thought of him was he could be potentially a generational guy. You know, that's kind of how he looked before and he doesn't really get there, but he kind of gets going at the end of the year. So I'm, you know, he's, he's a bit funny. You kind of have to, you know, take a leap of faith with him and, and there's a bit of a grain of salt associated with him, but you know, I'd probably still take him first. I think he's, you know, at, at worst, he's, you know, he's very good defensively. So at worst, he's going to be a defensive one C that puts up 60, 70 points probably. Mm-hmm. And then Cooley, you know, he looks really good too. Um, bit of a younger guy really good production in his pre-draft year, good production, nice little jump up in his, in his draft year. Um, he, he kind of looks the part of a, of a top five pick and I'd be comfortable taking him second as well, or first, you know, either yeah. one there. So um, you, you mentioned eight, like how much does like age kind of matter when it comes to these picks? Cause I mean, you know, guys who like, uh, like last year, I think like Brant Clark was, was Brant Clark or Hughes? One of them was born like, like a week before the cutoff type of thing. Hughes. How much, yeah. Hughes, that's right. Um, how much does age kind of factor into like, hey, this guy's, how much potential he has to grow? Yeah, it's, it's a massive factor. Like, you know, when you have, when you're looking at like a model like this, like even something like four months or six months can make a massive difference. Like a guy born in the summer, of his draft year is completely different from a guy born like right at the start of January. This guy has always been, you know, a guy born in at the start of January is basically being the oldest person in his, you know, cohort, his hockey cohort, his whole life, ever since he started when he was five, he's been probably bigger than everybody else, you know, uh, much more mature and more developed because he could be, you know, six months, nine months, 12 months older than like, like that, that's like 20% of, of somebody's yeah. life when you're really young. Right. So, I mean, it, it's a massive factor. It, it, it doesn't really play a, a factor. Like if the person, if the, if the prospect already looks amazing and they're mm-hmm. an older player, but like, you know, their pre-draft year was good and then their draft year is good. And they kind of have this, this really high probability of becoming a star. I'm not really nervous about taking that type of player because they're already kind of at the top of the mountain, yeah. You know, they're doing everything they can, even with their, their age gap, but it's the ones that, you know, they're a bit of an older prospect and they're not showing as well. Like their equivalency isn't very high in their draft year and they're a bit older, you know, Slavkovsky's kind of on the, on the verge of this. He's kind of born in 
in sort of the mid late spring. So he's kind of on the verge of this. He, you know, he doesn't have a super high equivalency for his draft year and he's a bit older. So, I mean, you know, and then when you compare that, yeah, to a guy like, you know, Luke Hughes, who's yeah, a week away from, from being in next year's draft, like he just has that much more runway to improve and get better. And, and, and those are the ones that tend to, you know, they, they kind of look a, a bit above average or, you know, slightly above average at the draft. And then they make huge jumps in their post draft year. And then they really jump up where, you know, you have the same player that looks the exact same. Like, let's say they have an identical equivalency, but they're born, you know, in November of the previous year and they jump up the same way. Well, it shows in the model and what you look back on when you look back on and through the mm-hmm. history of the 30 years is they don't have nearly like the impact. There's not as many of those guys that turn into stars as those younger ones that pop in their post-draft year. So yeah, age can play a, a massive factor depending on, on what you're looking at and what the player looks like. Interesting. Um, let's get to some guys who might be right around where the Sharks are picking at, at number 11. Um, Brad Lambert, who's one of the biggest enigmas, I think, in the draft, right? Where he, it feels like he has all the talent in the world, but he just hasn't put up points and, you know, he's changed teams several times, et cetera, et cetera. What do you do with him? (laughs) He's, yeah, he's, he's really interesting because I think originally he was kind of discussed as, like a top three you know, guy. Yeah, yeah, it was like Shane Wright and Brad Lambert. Like they were kind of talked about together. And then that's kind of gone away now. And, you know, he's he's certainly not regarded probably in the top five. But, you know, probably still goes maybe in the teens and some and something like that, or maybe in the twenties. But yeah, he's he's a really tricky one because like you said, like the production hasn't been there. You know, he has the hands, he has like the stick handling, he has the abilities, but he just can't put it together where it results in production. And you may think, oh, this, you know, it'll come. It's not a big deal. But like the production is so low that it's, it's a bit of a red flag. If you look at, you know, I, I just went through this exercise, you know, be kind of before coming on is I went back and looked through, you know, previous picks of like the last 10 years that were taken in the first or second round that kind of look like him, like mm-hmm. the super low production. And he's an older guy too, which is important to remember. Um, and the results like, you know, I think I pulled up about 30 guys and I think about, you know, nine of them look like they're made the NHL in, in some sort of cemented capacity. And yeah. when you look at the list of even the guys that made it, it's, it's kind of underwhelming. Like there's no like superstars, certainly that came from there. No real stars even really. I mean, they're mm. all at best, you're kind of getting this average producer, like this 40, 50 point guy, like, is that, you know, if, depending on what's left on the board when when the sharks are up or or when lambert is taken i imagine there's still going to be like some really good potential some really good value still left out there that shows a lot of star potential and nhl potential that is much higher than lambert's that i he yeah he makes me nervous about you know a team essentially taking him too early because you know the results can be kind of underwhelming with a player like that yeah, um, I was really, really high on him, but as we've kind of gotten through the process, I'm starting to kind of just those those little things like that are, are a little worrisome. So um, another kind of kind of dilemma for the Sharks—they don't really have too many, I guess, blue chip defensive prospects. You know, they they took Ryan Merkley a couple of years ago, and I don't—I think he's probably a little bit behind of his development, especially comparing to his peers in his own draft class. Um, but, you know, so that they might be looking at trying to get a defenseman. So, like, 
what are your thoughts on like Kevin Kurczynski? You have all uh, Pavel Mintichuk and uh, Denton Mintichuk. I am so terrible at, at Russian names. Oh, me too. <laughs> um, between those three guys, uh, kind of how how would you weigh out those three? Um, yeah, Matichuk and Kurczynski are really close to me. Um, mm-hmm. They're both younger born guys. Are born in the summer. I think one's born in July and one's born in June. So like dead heat basically. Um, they're similar size. Like I think uh, Kurczynski is like 6'2", but I think they weigh about the same. So they're both pretty dainty, you know, offensive producing defensemen. They both look great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matichuk, I'd say, looks a little bit better only because he had slightly higher production in his pre-draft year, which is a good mm-hmm. sign when you kind of look back over history. Um, so I'd probably lean a little bit towards him and then Kurczynski and then um, Minshikov after that. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that's that's how I would probably rank it in the model. But yeah, those those two for sure are, are like neck and neck. Yeah, Minchikov, he's like insane numbers, but it's you're getting zero to no to to minus defense. It feels like with him, I, I was I think I was talking with Tony Ferrari a couple weeks ago about him, where it's a lot of the time it's basically he's a fourth forward out there, and it's yeah. just insanity with him, which is really fun. But you, you do have to play like a smidge of defense at, at some point, I think. Yeah. Which is interesting because he's his equivalency is actually lower than the other two, and mm. he's much older. Like I think he's born in December of the previous year. So I mean, you know, that's interesting. Like hearing that his defense is so bad because he's quite a bit lower than the other two, or not quite a bit, but yeah. a little bit lower than him. And you know, to to sort of make that pick and take him ahead. You know, you probably hope that he's like really good two way or he's really good defensively and can kind of shut things down. But if you know he's kind of he's going all rogue offense. and it's all <laughs> offense, then that that's like that 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 makes me a bit nervous about certainly taking him ahead of those other two because again they have the runway to kind of get better and they're already showing better mm-hmm. than him now. So that's interesting. All right, before we get into some of the Sharks prospects and which ones Byron likes and uh, that Fable 2020 draft class. Let's go ahead and take a quick break and talk to you guys about our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, NHL conference finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news from MMA to UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continuous source for all your sports wager information, including live betting, esports, and more. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the transaction. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so let's end up here with some of the uh, the Sharks draft picks. So um, William Eklund, of course, last year had, you know, with, Played nine games with the Sharks, um, four four points in those. Then he went back to the SHL and had uh, at least a down year when it comes to points. You know, I think he had one goal and thirteen assists or something like that in, in his about thirty games that he played. Um, should we as Sharks fans be terrified? <laughs> Not terrified yet. Um, <laughs> be a bit concerned, certainly, because you know I I really like Eklund. I think I think he could be good. And mm-hmm. he was showing, like, you know, early on when he was back in the SHL. I mean, I know it was a small sample overall, but I think the first 10 or 15 games, like, he was, he was looking pretty good. He was looking like he was taking a nice jump up, which is what you want to see from, you know, these high picks. This is what a star does. They mm-hmm. they hit a level, and then they hit another level, and then they kind of come into the NHL and, 
they're sort of ready. They have that confidence and they just keep on going with it. Right. But he kind of plateaued, you know, halfway through the season. And then, yeah, like you said, I think he got one goal and, and whatever. And yeah, so it, you know, it, it wasn't like a, a, a catastrophic year or anything like that, but certainly you would have probably liked to see him jump up by, you know, 20, 30%. And he basically like landed right where he was in his draft year. So it's a bit of a red flag. I would say if he, he if he doesn't take a massive jump this year, you know, whether that be in the NHL or if he's back in the SHL, or I think it got bumped down to, um, yeah, they're in the, the, the second sense. tier league there. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if he doesn't take a massive jump there, once, you know, the numbers kind of sort themselves out and are all normalized, then I'd be a bit concerned, but yeah, you, you, you wanted to see a big jump from him and you kind of didn't get it. So now you're kind of in a, in a holding pattern to see, you know, next year's next year's a big one. Cause then, then, it, you know, the probability of him becoming a star and, and the chances of sort of improving that, that plight really, really go downhill. So next year's the big one for him for sure. Yeah, I'm willing to to write it off last year. I think uh, he he got put in a weird like he's playing like a third line checking role type of position. Yeah. And I don't I don't think he's put in the best position to succeed. And that that team was a hot mess as they got uh, relegated. Yeah. So anyway, um, I still believe, and you can still come if yeah. This is a very pro William Eklund podcast. We manifested Eklund to the Sharks. So yes, this, this is good. Very pro. And it worked out. <laughs> it worked out. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm working on my next manifestation for the Sharks. But um, let's go back to the the 2020 draft class. Who you know the the Sharks have all the uh, all the Twitter scouts have loved the Sharks uh, 2020 draft class between you know like Bortolo and Robbins and Ozzy Weisblatt and Brandon Coe. Like any of these guys, I know a little bit older. Brandon Coe is definitely kind of a, a bit yeah. older of the prospects and stuff like that. But like Coe had 100 points this year, and he's he's got a lot of these guys are gonna be making their Barracuda debuts. Any of these guys kind of stick out as like a potential maybe diamond in the rough for, for the Sharks? Yeah, so that 2020 draft, I really liked it as well. Like when I look at Oh, the good. You can out. come back on the podcast then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was great. Like, uh, like I look at it like in terms of like their draft slot, like I think they had nine picks, but like they were choosing 31st overall and then, you know, their later picks after that. And so they should have expected to get, you know – probably about two NHLers from basically where they were drafting and looking at my model, they probably ended up with, with three, like maybe even four, or they get like a hundred games out of, you know, the fourth guy. So there's some really good picks in there. Um, like you mentioned, you know, Weisblatt and Robbins, Co, uh, Bordalo yeah. and Guchin too. Like he, he looks, he looks quite good too. So, I mean, basically those, what is it? Five, those five yeah. guys right there, they all look very, very similar. Like there's none of them that have like, you know, look like they're going to pop and be these massive stars. I would be surprised if any of the five of them turned into a star, but they all look very similar in terms of they have like roughly like a 50, 50 shot of becoming an NHLer. And like I mentioned, like they probably get three NHLers out of those five guys. So, I mean, you know, based on, on where they're drafting and, and the picks they had, like that's, that's really good. I mean, you can't always end up with a star, especially when you're drafting 31st as your first pick. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, three out of five of those guys will make it, you know, if I'm, if I'm betting, I'm probably going to say Bortolo Robbins and co would be the three. And then, you know, who knows what the other two. So, hmm. um, but yeah, they all, they all kind of look very equal, I guess, in the model and very similar. So. 
Yeah, I mean, Bortolo got a handful of games with the Sharks at the end yeah. of the season and did not look lost at all out there. You, you definitely could see why he was, you know, highly regarded um, coming out of Michigan. So um, get you out of here on this 2021 draft class. We just had Gannon LaRock on yesterday. Is he he, he looks okay. Yeah. I don't mind him. Yeah, <laughs> he looks Steve. He, he looks decent. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Eklund is kind of the big piece that, yeah, you know he he still has some decent star potential. He's kind of the big NHLer potential. Um, so Larock looks decent, and then they drafted a guy in the seventh round that is now escaping me. You probably remember. Uh, uh, can I or if any if if can he can I or can he? They have That's too the many of these guys. Yes, yeah. the, he's, he's, he's the, the other one that looks yeah. like um, he could have some potential as well. Yeah, he put um, up a lot of points. And then the other ones, yeah. they look they look like they're long shots. I would say. Okay. The ben Goudreau. <laughs> yeah. Ben Goudreau, the goat row. Any? <laughs> yeah, no, he he looks. Yeah, he got, I've heard a lot he got, of people like you know tweet at me about oh what what about this guy you're forgetting about this guy and yeah like his probability is really low right now again he's one of those you know those CHL products that missed his his draft year basically which is unheard of but like that's the thing with goalie is is they have to play and mm. they have to play against stronger and stronger competition. And that's kind of the sign that they're going to make it. So, you know, right now he'd be an outlier if he, if he doesn't make it too. I'm praying for you, Ben Goudreau. You got this. <laughs> Byron, you said it all. Um, where can the people find your work? What do you got? What do you got coming out? Um, of course, please go give money to Byron and his awesome website. Cause again, it's a, it's a big rabbit hole of just clicking on things. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's highly addictive. I, I basically built it for myself and then, you know, <laughs> provided it to the mass public. And that's, that's always what I hear is how addictive and rabbit hole-ish it is. But yeah, so it's all at hockeyprospecting.com. It's a subscription based website. So 25 bucks uh, for the year which is Canadian. So it's probably a lot less than the American dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can access all the tools. Like I said, it goes back 30 years and then you can follow me on Twitter at Byron M Bader and I'll post different stuff about players and different facts about the draft and different stats that I find and stuff. And yeah, in terms of what's coming up next, um, I'm just working on my top 32 that I sort of release every year. Uh, for the upcoming 2022 draft and then it'll basically be yeah heavy 2022 draft content coming up in the in the next month apparently so one month left buddy yeah <laughs> how long after uh how long after the draft are you, do you start on the the next year's draft you give yourself like a week or something uh, so i start inputting the guys into the system normally like around december i mean i kind of okay. know who a lot of the big ones are but like when I officially start, you know, putting their stats into my database and stuff is normally around December once you kind of get 20 or 30 games out of them. And then you can kind of start to see, you know, who's bubbling to the top and stuff. So awesome. Thanks again for coming. Really appreciate it. Uh, again, if you haven't, go check out his website, Hockey Prospecting. I subscribe. I've used the tools on here. If you guys have been listening for a while, you guys know I use the tools on here, especially when we do our uh, prospect recaps. So you can kind of check along and see how the guys are doing. Byron, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. All right, I want to thank Byron Bader for jumping on and talking to me for a bit uh, about uh, his model and the 2022 draft class and some of the Sharks prospects. Um, Again, please go subscribe to Hockey Prospecting. Um, I'm a subscriber. I use it all the time. 
you'll get lost on his website. It's 25 bucks a year. It's great, especially if you're into the draft, just starting to get into the draft. It's a great tool to kind of see and compare uh, how guys are doing and how the Sharks prospects are kind of evolving and, and, and developing and stuff like that. So it's a lot of fun, um, really easy to use. Go check it out. And of course, you can also check us out online. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Locked On Sharks. Of course, uh, go ahead and make sure you guys are following us there. Uh, put up all of our work there, and I'm pretty uh, pretty interactive with you guys, as you guys know. So um, you can also listen to us wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey. Um, if you're on Apple, please, please leave us a five-star review. Um, I really appreciate it. It really does help the podcast grow, gets uh, the word out there about what we're doing. And then, of course, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, right around 850 subscribers. The goal is to get to 1,000 by the draft. I got a month to go, 150 subscribers. I think we can do it, but I need your help. Make sure you guys uh, are subscribing. Please, please. Helps me make some money, which makes I can spend more time doing this podcast instead of my real job. So, um, so go ahead and subscribe there. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at my fryhole. Um, thank you guys for making us your first Sharks listen. Go check out the Locked On NHL podcast if you want to learn more about what's going on in the playoffs. Um, go check out the Locked On Avs podcast if you want to kind of bandwagon them. They're super fun, and they're just going to steamroll basically everybody. Uh, so go check out them and what they're doing. Um, or if you want draft coverage, go check out the Locked On Canadians guys. They're doing amazing draft coverage as well. So um, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, – we're going to be looking at who – uh, trade up options for the sharks at the draft. So I've I've given rankings, I've given percentages to every uh to all 10 spots in front of the draft how much the the percentage likely of the sharks trading up to get them. So uh make sure you guys come back for that. It's going to be fun. Um there's a lot of dumb answers in there. So um yeah. Bye friends. <laughs>